One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic and then we research and splice in all the mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning today we are going to be talking about ellen degeneres because she has been in the news lately in sort of a controversial way we're going to start with the stories about her and what she means to us as a public figure and then we're going to debate sort of where she stands right now in the zeitgeist of culture Today's side notes will be presented by me, Craig, and Rachel. Hey, friends. Let's get into it. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. 2019. 2019. It's a day on the calendar. The world did not end. (laughs) Are you excited for this new year, Greg? Uh, Always. But actually, we're like seven days in and I'm like, why isn't it like in my face amazing yet? You (laughs) know what I mean? Like, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully. Yeah, I I have a lot of optimism for this year. I'm excited. I think the podcast is going to be great. I'm excited for this year. The glow up. And I, I just feel generally optimistic about things. Every morning I wake up and I'm still tired and I'm like, why? You know why? what I mean? I'm like, why my, my boggy body figured out how to just... Yeah, my boggy, my froggy my body. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, like actually, my... I'm like, my New Year's resolution is to like do more. Why am I still tired? <laughs> so I'm skeptical of 2019 TBH. Okay, but you're giving it a chance, right? I'm giving it a chance. Okay. I'm giving it a chance. Oh, what did we learn this week? Okay, so uh, what I learned this week, okay, don't, so... ugh, <laughs> don't even start. Nothing's changed in 2019. All right. Okay, so is my tagline, okay? It's just my, what's that word? Put it on a shirt, put it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. Um, okay, so actually, they'll sell out. Um, so I'm reading this book called How to Change Your Mind. Don't come for me, science people. It's the biggest book of last year. Yeah, like you're Actually, a maybe on the times. even 2017 now that I think about it. But it's uh, by Michael Pollan, who's a writer who I love. He writes for The New Yorker. He's an amazing science writer, such good science communicator. And it's all about how like psilocybin and essentially like acid and shrooms were sort of like taken away from science research and are now coming back mm-hmm. in a new way. So I'm only at the beginning of it. But what I learned this week... <laughs> Mitch is like looking at me because I like, I'm like, how is this book not just making everyone want to do acid? <laughs> probably so, is. I haven't read it, by the way, but I uh, need to keep reading it. But honestly, I'm just like, how do I get acid? Like, I want to <laughs> do it. But if you are doing acid, okay, and if you are hallucinating, if you're on a high enough amount of psilocybin, that's from shrooms or, or essentially on a hallucinogenic drug, and you come to, say, a staircase or a door or anything that is like maybe going to give some fear in you like that needs to be opened like if you're on this adventure and there's something you need to do always do it 
So when you're hallucinating, they found that like essentially if you ever come to a door, the way you'll start to have a panic or a bad trip is, is that you, a common thing? Like when people yeah, come to doorways, yeah, they're yeah, afraid there's, what's behind it or something? Exactly. Like uh-huh. in your brain and the way that like it all works when you're hallucinating, there will always be these like decisions that need to be made. And in order to have like an effective trip, and a lot of the time they're doing it with like a psychologist or someone there okay. who's leading them. Studied. You yeah. always open the door. You always follow through, even though there might be fear there. Because if you don't, it's like that sort of like limbo that makes people start to freak out. They're like, oh my God, I'm stuck mm. like this or whatever. So follow your trip. I'm not sure Continue I fully understand. Your... You just mean like they found when people were stoned, if they open the door. They... Not stoned. They're oh. hallucinating. Oh, sorry, hallucinating. I didn't yeah. mean stoned. When they're hallucinating and they open the doorways or or they pass the barrier to Is when they start afraid. to like really have prolific moments and okay. whatever. And whenever people have bad like moments, it's when they're not like, they're literally like getting caught up and like being too afraid to like move forward. And that in their, like, them like beyond their hallucination or just in that moment they can't get past it necessarily. Like you have to. Yeah, they start yeah. to panic. Maybe they start to think about death. Maybe they start to think about like all these things. Okay. It's just like a weird consistency that stuck out for me as I was reading it. I was just like, if I'm ever in this situation. Okay. And, and that's like a, a beautiful parallel to probably real life too. You know, when you have doors real or metaphorical and you have fear. Just go through them. Otherwise, you'll be paralyzed in um, limbo. Exactly. And honestly, there's a part of the beginning of the book where he's like, everyone who's 40 should do acid in order to like set their life up for like the like latter half of their lives. Like, I don't even know how this book was like <laughs> okay. legally made. I'm but anyways, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to finish the book. I'm scared of acid. Don't people have like flashbacks? Okay, that's something we Literally a myth. Anyways, continue. Oh, I didn't think that was a myth. Okay. Uh, uh, mine is also from a book. Hashtag the end of the year. Hashtag we read so many books so we could like hit our quota of books we wanted to read in the year. Um, but this book I read was called Flow. It was actually recommended by somebody who's a podcast listener so thank you I won't get too much into what the book is about other than it helps you figure out those moments when you're just like how do you find the moments when you're kind of in your bliss and doing the things you love and what is the psychology behind getting to the point but one thing it talked about was um, the physical limitations of our consciousness expressed in terms of bits as in like computer data oh I thought you meant like comedy bits no expressed in terms of like data so like zeros and ones so you can only they found out in studies that your brain can only manage seven bits of information at once and it takes one eighteenth of a second to switch between sets of information um and so as a result you can process 126 bits a second which equals 185 billion bits in your lifetime i'm Um, confused so basically it's just quantifies down to that's around 23 gigs so your brain is able to process 23 gigs of information in your life and it's just a way to contextualize how you really need to focus on the things you want to focus on i know it's 23 gigs like a good computer i know no it's like actually not that (laughs) it's actually not that much it's like a macbook pro this this um books like kind of old and I'm like I, I need to like think about like what this actually means but and I need to like look at the update of like if this information is correct I just like read it in this one book but no 23 gigs like most computers have, is like, my phone gigs now. oh no oh. 64 gigs is like an iPad <laughs> I'm not even an iPad like you're I'm I, the cheapest iPad so th- but thinking about your mind in terms of like there is a limited capacity physically just based on how much you can think and look and consume at once but can and store because so, I can think things and then storing is different yeah storing is different this is literally the amount that your brain can focus on in at your lifetime time. in my lifetime I'm and dumb so, so it's Are not about being dumb? dumb it's about making sure you focus that energy into things you actually like and want to do 
That okay. was just kind of the message of it. It's like, hey, no, it's limited. Yeah. So yeah. why waste it? Which you've been on a lot recently, which has been really yeah. Good. Stop like, like doing focus. the stuff you don't like and just really kind yeah. of rearrange. Or your stop life. doing so much. I feel like I try to do or so, much, so much, and then it's just like you can't I do it all. Myself thin, and then I'm in the shower crying, and it's like, oh yeah, I have two. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm a. I'm a really bad iPad. I need to chill out. If you've ever listened to the song Vienna by Billy Joel, the message of life is. It's one of my favorite songs. It's just like, hey, slow down. You can't accomplish everything you want in your life. It's great to have goals, oh, yeah. but also slow be- down. <laughs> right but i love this song so much yeah anyway that's what i, I thought learned. that song was about traveling to vienna no see it's a metaphor for uh wanting to do so much when you're young and then you have to realize that like, you can't accomplish everything and just be okay with where you are listen up youtubers vienna waits for you it's like slow down it's uh, slow vienna, down YouTubers. vienna is a metaphor for all the things you want i think that's why vienna okay wow different podcast mm-hmm. weird story time story time story time story time today's episode is about ellen and we she we shouldn't need to say her last name, DeGeneres. <laughs> We're not talking about Ellen Page Whoa, here. Is she one of the people in the world that has like, Cher? like, like Madonna, like Jesus? She is, oh, right? Jesus has a last Ellen name. Ellen is like mind. a Baranda. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ellen, Ellen, Ellen. Um, We're talking about this in lieu of some recent controversial things around Ellen DeGeneres, which we're mm. really going to get to. Yeah, that'll in be our the debate. debate. But in this story time, I think we need to talk about Ellen because mm. I was a couple of guests. <laughs> As members of the LGBTQ2S umbrella, she means a lot to us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like kind of, she's just like a very interesting figure in our lives. And I think we like coming to think about Ellen, just even before starting this podcast, I'm like, we have a lot of stories about her because she is meaningful. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you want to go first talking about your experience with like her coming on the airwaves. Of course. Yeah. So when I was younger, I used to, like, did you watch the Ellen show? Obsessed. Yeah. I would. I would come home. Was it on every day? I don't yeah, yeah, every day, just, four p.m. Every day school, I but also like in the morning too. But we were at school. She was oh, a sick was day. It just watch. like syndicated at like all different. Yeah, times. like eleven a.m. But I just remember coming home and watching with my mom. So like, what I'm gonna talk about is not so much like a story, story, so much as like my experience with like being gay because Ellen was on before I came out. I didn't ever watch her original show, so I never really saw the repercussion of her coming out on that show. I only ever wa- like knew about her from her talk show. From her hit talk show. Yeah, hit, hit, hit. And 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 kind of knew the story that like she kind of lost her career because of coming out, but then like it was so beautiful and exciting to me that she was having an amazing career because of her new talk show and like her being gay didn't seem to be a barrier at all. And so, I don't know, I feel like in some ways it was exciting. It provided a lot of hope for me, but I also think back on how it sometimes provided a lot of false hope. And I don't know if it's because of the way the media is. I don't know if it's because she's a woman. Like even in my wait, life, wait, what do you mean false hope? So I feel like in my circle of my life, like I would watch Ellen with my mom all the time, and it never ever came up as a problem that Ellen was gay. I don't even know if it ever was brought up in a negative light at all even though she would talk about it on her show um, but you were worried that maybe it would be an issue for your mom yeah and so it, it wasn't actually that so these signs all pointed me to thinking like oh like being gay is totally fine and i, I remember have like gay like aunts. ellen's gay she's dancing we're yeah. all dancing and like we're all watching the show yeah. and love it and That's the aren't even talking about it yeah. yeah and i remember having like gay aunts as well but it was kind of a secret to me like i guess i wasn't it was never really talked about openly yeah which is important to have gay aunts is one thing but to have gay aunts yeah. where your parents say exactly we love and accept i honestly them is for like most of my life just thought they were close friends like i it took me way too long because when which is when, the sad part of being gay where like there's that weird time you bring people to your like family thing you're like it's my close friend yeah, it's like 
when am my I best friend ever Greg? brought a friend to like <laughs> Thanksgiving that's effing world? Like I remember starting to bring you to my family's place. But back to Ellen, like I feel because then I came out and my family now is like totally okay with it. But when I first came out, it was such a conversation around like <gasps> like they were so shocked and it was like you're gonna you can't be promiscuous. It's so dangerous. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. all these conversations. It immediately is about sex. I say yeah. that a lot. I'm like what people don't realize is when you come out to your parents, it's awful because also it's like. It's the sex talk. Yeah. All of a sudden, your All parents start going, wait, so, like, how do you know? You're like, oh, I hooked up with <laughs> girls and, like, fingered them and didn't like it as much. It's like, these are not conversations I don't want to have with my parents. Right. And then they go, well, how do you know? And you're like, well, because I've been, like, making out with Matt. Like and then they're up. like, you're going to, you know, be safe because it's yeah. dangerous. And you're just like, you never talked to me like this when I was straight. Yeah. It's and just so, as, yeah. like, I, I just was thinking about this recently about how um, – Ellen, as an example, provided like a really safe, happy, friendly, go lucky environment for people to see a gay woman in that didn't really exist for gay men in the same way. So far as I remember, it might have existed in other places. Or but it for didn't other people. for you anecdotally for your mom. Yeah. Like you were for, never, yeah. And you didn't you weren't a well so, and grace family. I think like the, her and my families and people around me image of gay men was so much different. Uh than it was for like lesbians and that's in my own personal experience and i don't necessarily think no not that it would be easier for like a lesbian to come out but for me i started to think about like i really wish there could have been like a male version of that and not that there's anything wrong also with being a sexualized male or a sexualized female but that was like ellen played a big role in kind of like showing that you can be different types of gay people like she was showing you at it didn't 4 p.m., even... coming home from school with your, like, Catholic family that they were all loving this queer woman. Yeah. And just, like, thinking— And she wasn't only defined making... by her queerness. Yeah, and it was making you feel really good, but there was just, like, that disconnect because of her, like, accepted gender. I think so, and I think that, yeah, I—, I it, It's fair. What I started this by saying it almost was, like, an illusion for me because I saw so much love yeah. and acceptance around Ellen— I was just like in my mind so confident there'd be no issues when I came out. And I also convinced myself I was like, look, my family has four siblings. They're going to be so fucking lucky to have a gay one. Like <laughs> it's really sad if one's not gay. Like yeah. they've Actually, got it's three like, straight what's wrong ones. with you and <laughs> no, like I really no offense, had... but the straight ones are definitely <laughs> the messed up ones, you know what I mean? <laughs> I really had like convinced myself it would be so fine and I think all these little elements added up to my own disconnect with my family and where they're at and with society. Yeah, like I feel like like when like that would have been a smart thing to just like come out and then be like, but Ellen, you know yeah, what I mean? Just you be, like, said oh. was be like, okay, <laughs> mom and dad, before you freak out, let's just think about Ellen right now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, you're right. They might be like, she's a woman. It's different. Yeah. And it's like, no. And, yeah. and they might not have consciously thought that. They yeah. might have just in their minds subconsciously their That's image go, of a gay uh, woman and, dad, and a gay John. man. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think now it's maybe a bit different. Like I think modern it's family so had different. a big impact on that. Like seeing just seeing, this is all white gays. There's so many. Is, there's so many things outside that. Like like Simon white gays. Moonlight. My parents like Moonlight. I I always think of my parents like Greg. Moonlight was the most prolific movie I've ever seen. And then I was like, okay, I went and saw it. And there's like that jerk off scene on the sand. Oh, and yeah. he rubs the semen in the sand. I was like, hi, and hi. Like, <laughs> wow. Like, well, okay. <laughs> but um, there's so much more to be seen now mm-hmm. in the media. Yeah, times have changed for sure. And Ellen was a huge part of that. And I thank for that. But it was also like a weird coming to terms for me as a gay man. Thank you for sharing that. I think that was vulnerable. That was open. And I'm looking at you in the eyes and I'm saying thank you. You're welcome. It's been over 20 years since the famous puppy episode of Ellen's sitcom aired in which she came out. I think I've realized that I am... I'm gay. 
This was a historical moment, and it impacted the entertainment industry and the media, and it was a great example of why representation does matter. If we start just with anecdotes, people expressed after this episode about how it saved their lives and gave people the courage to actually come out. As well, it also opened the door for other programs to come out after that were centered around the queer experience. For example, Will and Grace, Queer as Folk, and The L Word. But there's also some science here as well. When it comes to science, researchers have been studying the significance that news and entertainment media have over the public's perception, with several studies suggesting that they teach the public about other societal groups, whether they be other ethnicities, women, or LGBTQ people, or even the elderly. Research also shows that to people within these minority groups, media can influence not only how others view them, but also how they view themselves. This was evident from a 2012 study that looked at how representation impacted children's self-esteem. So in a survey of almost 400 black and white boys and girls, researchers found that the only demographic that didn't experience lower self-esteem after watching TV was white boys, due to how each of them felt that they were depicted on screen, which you can imagine was in a more positive light. A more uplifting study also explored something known as the Scully effect. Researchers found that Gillian Anderson's X-Files character had a significant effect on female viewers, as women who regularly watched X-Files were more likely to major in a STEM field in college and work in a STEM profession than women who did not watch X-Files. Nearly two-thirds of women familiar with Scully's character credited her actually for the increasing interest they had in STEM fields. So it's clear that representation in media can have a massive influence on society, but we still have a lot of work to do to make sure we are doing the right thing. A 2017 GLAAD, that's G-L-A-A-D, report revealed that a mere 5% of characters on scripted primetime television shows were LGBTQ identifying. So while we do have Ellen, and we do have a lot of new types of characters coming up, things are, in fact, improving, it's important that we continue to hold the news and entertainment industry accountable. Because, as we've said again, science shows that representation matters. That felt so great. And it felt so loud. (laughs) My stories are so meaningless in comparison. Well, other than the fact that, like, our family was such a Rosie O'Donnell family. And I'm not comparing (laughs) this because they're both white lesbian women. I'm comparing this because they both had the 4 p.m. slot, okay, as talk show hosts. Mm -hmm. Were they ever on at the same time? No, I don't think so. Okay, it was like in succession. Like it was like one end. It was Rosie then Oprah. There couldn't possibly be two gay women on TV (laughs) (laughs) It was Rosie then Oprah. And then it was Ellen and Oprah. And those were like really important two hours of my life from four to mm. six. You know what I mean? Like I was obsessed. So I loved Ellen because it was like when Rosie was gone, I was like, what do I do with myself? And it was kind of like a similar type thing. So loved Ellen. Not as much as Rosie. That's We're doing a separate episode about Rosie O'Donnell because I can go <laughs> off. I can tell you everything. She dictated the mood of my family. Mm. Like if she was in a bad mood, my dad would come home and be like, why are you on bad mood? We'd be like, well, but Rosie's you- really upset about the NRA right now. And that's a big deal. I know you're not a full Rosie fan because what? you didn't love Survivor and she did and I, I didn't. did love Survivor that's why our family gave the gay- oh, A-OK to watch Survivor the first two seasons which <laughs> oh, you didn't you even stopped. watch live 
which you didn't even watch live. She gave Colby a car. She gave Colby a car when he didn't win. I did watch season two live, but not one. Okay, what what's your story, Greg? Well, I don't really like. I don't honestly. This will be quick because I don't really have that many stories. When I was thinking about it. One interesting thing is just like a tidbit, and that I was shopping <laughs> recently for bed sheets, and I was like going through like the bay or whatever in Canada. That's our version of what Target. Anyways, uh, not Target. <laughs> Oh, come on. It's what? just a giant department store, but yeah. like, kind of nice. Um, I don't know. Going through, and I was like, oh, this bedding's nice. This bedding's nice. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This bedding is the nicest. Who's the designer? It was Ellen. No. Yeah. I'm like, so that's like when Wait, I started. Wait, Ellen like, It was like sheets? It's literally a photo of Ellen. It was really expensive. She's it was on like, the bed sheet? Like, yeah. Like, there's a photo of her, of her face. I'm like, okay, do you design? You Wait, don't you mean like on the packaging? Bedding. Like or on you the packaging, but on the bed. Yeah, no. Well, you know how like not like a life size cardboard cutout, but you know when they're like, "This could be you," but we're playing. Oh my god, it's not the meme thing. <laughs> but it was like a photo of Ellen. Like she was fully taking. She, I'm like, you didn't you design this bed. Aren't explaining to me what I'm asking. Was Ellen on the packaging, or was she literally embroidered into the sheets? Okay, she was not <laughs> embroidered into the sheets. I thought that was obvious because I obviously would have bought that. <laughs> No, she was. It was like the Ellen font, and it was like okay. expensive. It was oh like beside Ra- Ralph Lauren, and it was a little bit one of those moments Weird. where it was like Ellen, chill. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like, really? Do you need to make bed? You sheets? have enough money. Yeah, I just was one of those like things where I clocked it, and I actually think I was like, I don't know if I want Ellen bed sheets. I'd be into that if it was all leading up to like one of her comedy moments where she's like, "You're all gay because you all sleep in my sheets." Okay, that'd be really cool, but I just don't <laughs> think that's gonna no, happen. No, it's not. <laughs> It is true. Ellen sells bedding. She also sells furniture and linens and fabrics and kitchenwares. She also has her own line of apparel, which includes tees, loungewear, stuff for babies, and of course, sneakers. The stuff is not cheap either. I'm on her website right now, and you can order a cashmere blend sweater for $98. This is all under the brand ED, Ellen DeGeneres. And of course, as a big-time animal lover, she has a collection for cats and dogs. Not only this, Ellen has been a spokesperson for JCPenney, American Express, and CoverGirl. However, her work with CoverGirl has been under scrutiny, as they have not always been cruelty-free. But as of November 2018, they have since stopped animal testing. However, I don't think Ellen is a CoverGirl anymore. In 2010, Ellen started her own record label, 1111, and she found people by watching their performances on YouTube. She even signed Charlie Puth after watching him cover Adele's Someone Like You. The label is now defunct and Charlie is not a part of it, but still kind of cool. There is a digital platform, Ellen Tube, which streams short form original content. And she also has Ellen Digital Ventures, which is in collaboration with Warner Brothers. So this not only brings video content, but games like the viral sensation Heads Up, that game where you put the cell phone on your forehead and your friends try and get you to guess the like, oh, you have alligator on your forehead and the time counts down. Um, yeah, that's sold for 99 cents a piece and like 25, over 25 million people have bought that app. Um, she also collects executive producer fees on series like Little Big Shots and Splitting Up Together. I've never heard of those shows. I've never watched them. Let me know if they're good. Let me know if I should check them out. All this to say, Ellen makes money. She is worth $275 million and is the 15th highest paid celebrity. And then the other thing about Alan 
is that <laughs> when it about Alain, <laughs> about Alain, is that there was a time when I think it was right after we made the periodic table song slash we also made the science love song where like everyone was tweeting like we're gonna get a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. At you on Ellen. Yeah. Like my parents, and like I believed my aunts, it. like everyone was like, we're sending us like, to Ellen. Oh my and God, I actually, she's fully going to put us Yeah. On. I remember like watching Ellen and being like super jazzed and like, what am I going to say? Like going to bed and just being like, like picturing myself walking out, being like, I'm good at dancing. Like I'll, oh. I'll hold the rhythm. She'll be, it'll be one of those fun moments where she dances with me a little bit longer because right. she's like, knows I get it. I feel like you've told me this image in your mind before. You're like, yeah, I'm going to dance. It's going to be great. Like you, yeah, <laughs> like I was it's like a real thing. Prepared. Like, and here we are in 2019, like dreaming did not come true do you remember when she this is like again we're going to talk later about ellen's touch out of touchness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but do you remember when those like two twins came out as gay on youtube to their parents and it kind of was like weird Mm. and then she had them on and gave them each ten thousand dollars i want that no that was actually that was when i was like i think we could get on ellen like it's not that hard but we weren't young and cute enough i think honestly but that's foiked no she has lots of diverse different types of people who have done random viral videos on her show Uh she does she really does okay i like that part of her that she's kind of like I'm YouTube. I'm normal. <laughs> yeah. She is very YouTube. Like, yeah. She loves Remember YouTube. she had that Tyler Oakley mm-hmm. show. She really does have this like weird connection to YouTube. That's what I mean. I thought we were going to be on Ellen. And we weren't. So the end of the story is that. I thought I was going to be on Oprah when we, I was little. What? How? I was just like, that's my dream. I don't know why. My family watched Oprah too. And I just remember being like, that's my goal. One but like day, in I'm what way? As a celeb or like as a person who like suffered like some horrible like No, like as a burn. celeb. I don't know why. Oh. Like doing what? You know when you just imagine things as a kid and then when the show ended up, it's like, oh my God, not all dreams come true. Life is not fair. So the end of the story is, <laughs> I Alan, are you listening? <laughs> Oprah, are you listening? You have a podcast. I go true. on it. Mm-hmm. Rosie, are you listening? Sorry, I just like Rosie's vindication is gonna be so good. Oh my when god, Trump I am is in jail. so <laughs> excited for Trump to be in jail. I'm so excited for Trump to be in jail. Um, it's all gonna be worth it in the end. Rosie, hang in there. We'll be back after the break to get into our debate about Ellen DeGeneres. A lot of you have been asking us how to help with this pod, and all that we can really ask from you, because we don't have a Patreon, is to just click download whenever you are listening to our podcast. Instead of just streaming it, hit the download button. Apparently that is what helps the algorithm, okay? We have honestly no idea if that's in fact true, but that's what we've been told. So we're going to tell you this now to do that. That's all we want from you, okay? Just to listen and to hit download. That's so simple. Not much we're asking from you. And, you know, that's just a nice relationship to have. You know, we're easy friends. We're easy friends, okay? So hit download, and we'll get back to the show. Okay, so this debate is going to be a little bit less formal in that we won't we don't have clear sides, but we yeah. kind of want to talk this out loud with people. And mm-hmm. this is about 
um, Kevin Hart hosting the Oscars and him, you know, then getting denied or actually refusing to host the Oscars because he refused to apologize, mm-hmm. having a kerfuffle with the Academy of Motion Pictures and all <laughs> because of things that he had said in the past. And so what Kevin Hart... Yeah, just uh, give the context, like run down the story of what has happened. Yeah, so he... And how this relates to Ellen. We'll get there. Okay. So, well, what was happening is that he was on Ellen, and we're going to talk about Ellen's reaction to this, which we think is a little bit weird. But he uh, was told that he was going to host the Oscars. Everyone's so excited because obviously that's like a really big deal. But then immediately after that, a lot of people started to talk about what he had said in the past about queer people, gay Mm -hmm. people, his son being gay, et cetera. So... He called someone a fat-faced fag, which is, like, obviously pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Like, even saying that word, I'm like, mm-hmm. I kind of started sweating. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, he said that uh, another from 2010 said a user's profile picture looked like a gay billboard for AIDS. Uh, he said, yo, if my son comes home and tries to play with my daughter's dollhouse, I'm going to break it over his head and say in my voice, stop, that's gay. And then also he has this bit that I watched where he essentially just sees his son grinding on another guy and he like panics and like pushes them over. And that's the joke. And essentially it's just like really in like a violent way trying to make sure that his kid is not gay because being gay is bad. And so, so these these happened a long time ago, a like long time eight, ago, eight to 10 years ago or something. Like yeah. That. Eight to 10 years ago. Uh, which is an important part of this story. So uh, we're going to get to why this has to do with Ellen, but I guess maybe first we should talk about that. And it's like, he does say that he came forward and apologized about this during a specific press junket. But what was the most important part for us was seeing him then go on the Ellen DeGeneres show on Friday and her really get behind him and talk about... Her whole stance was like, this is all crazy, that's just internet trolls, and I've called the Academy to say that, that you should You should host, host the Oscars yours. because yeah. I love you, because I went to dinner with you, we've talked this out, mm-hmm. I know that you are a good person, you deserve this, and that everyone online who was asking or calling you out was a hater. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think we need to start having a conversation because I, when I watched the clip of them on Ellen, was really like disturbed is a bit much disappointed i was very disappointed in ellen and it really made me question like she's been saying recently that she really wants her show to have more like uh like she wants to change her show to be a little bit more robust like right have like a point of view, have a point of not view. Just like be not just be like yeah like dancing in the audience or like random games mm-hmm. which is all fun and to yeah, be honest that's what that, like but... i only have expected from her because i've always found her tone to be weird uh when it comes to serious things and so to me i was actually like really upset about this because when I what I think about this whole conversation and with Kevin Hart is that if you say things like that, whether it's eight years ago, I think that you should just be prepared to be apologizing profusely for those mistakes for the rest of your life. Because I don't think there's anything that wrong with apologizing. I think it's a really amazing, important aspect right. of all. Like it's almost like he has too much self. Um, what's it called? Like. He's like so guarded that he felt like offended. Like on the Ellen show, he she plays helped a victim. make him a victim. Yeah, yeah he's like, and this was I an think- attack on my moral character. It's like, okay, like actually, a lot of people who were talking about this were queer people. A lot of them were actually like queer black people being like, this, you are, he has a lot of power within the black community. Saying those things about your son resonates with people a lot more. That, and even mm-hmm. Ellen, to be the one to excuse him, I was reading an article about that. It's like, no, he actually should have talked with someone who represented more of the community he was actually damaging than her. She kind of brushes it off. She says, 
oh, you know, I'm gay, so I understand all this homophobia stuff. And then she moves on. It's like, well, do you really understand? Like, are you the person? I think there's a couple different things that people are, like, conflating. One, we've kind of talked about call-out culture. And so I think people always jump on this bandwagon of, like, people are just pissed about everything. And everyone just wants to jump up in arms. It's like, well, that might be partially true. But that doesn't mean there's no real kernel of truth to actually analyzing what's happened here and realizing what he said in the past was damaging was problematic and whether or not he apologized why is it so hard to apologize apologize again and to just say and if he's he's kind of claiming and ellen's highlighting like he's now not a champion for gay rights but he's no no homophobic bone in his body is what they're saying and that bothered me specifically to say that you don't like kevin hart saying i don't have a homophobic bone in my body frustrates me because I have a homophobic bone yeah. in my body. This is something I think is really important that everyone realize. I yeah, am we're raised homophobic in a society that... because I have been raised in a way where I have to constantly challenge myself. I have to constantly, when I meet a fellow gay man, understand why do I sometimes have this weird, like intense competitive nature towards them. Like we all have this because we were raised in homophobic society. It continues to be homophobic. To this day. So the fact that Kevin Hart is claiming he doesn't have a homophobic bone in my body bothers me. And I think what bothers us is that Ellen, as the interviewer, can't kind of challenge us in any way whatsoever. And I think what's like the problem is like she doesn't need to sit there and yell at him and embarrass him and be like, you are a shitty person for this. It's more like let's like have a real conversation about what those words mean, what it means today, 10 years later, and actually challenge you a little bit. Doesn't mean we can't care about each other and and apologize. Tell the people out there who have now seen these videos that and your tweets for the first time, of which and there are many. And if you're such a supporter of the LGBT community, like, the, what people are asking for is just some solidarity to yeah. know that you still, yeah, you've shown, your, I, I can agree, and I'm sorry, I don't know much about Kevin Hart, but he was saying, like, I've spent the last 10 years proving that I'm not homophobic, I don't make those jokes anymore, and okay, that's great, but it's kind of like, we, we don't need to congratulate you for the baseline of not hating people, really. I think it's, like, a big problem with, a lot of like men who try to join the feminist movement is that first they want to be patted on the back a lot. You know what I mean? They, they're like, but look at me. I'm such a good man. Like pat me on the back. And it's like, it's not about you. You're here to help like highlight and lift up other people and stop making it about you. Yes. You didn't say homophobic things over the last eight years. Maybe I don't know, but like that doesn't mean that's what this is about. Just use this moment to lift the people up that you're saying you're not offending. Yeah. And I think That's why for me, thinking about Ellen, I was so disappointed because I do think this was an opportunity for her to really actually help him out. And even the way she starts it by being like, we went for dinner the other day. This is what starts to irk me a little bit about Ellen and about even celebrities in general, as I always want to continue to say this. I'm like, the amount of power that you have with power comes great responsibility. And I think Ellen is an example of someone who wants the power. She wants to sell bedsheets, but she doesn't want to have to deal with the repercussions of her fame and her money and her access. And I think one thing that everyone in the entertainment industry, I think needs to remember is that it is such a luxury and a privilege for you to be in that position that you should consistently be aware of your impact on the millions of people when you are existing. And I think a lot of the time they don't want to because it takes energy and they, they, I get it. They're, 
literally humans and they have personal lives that they feel are being affected. But it's like Ellen needs to realize that she has the voice and she has millions of people watching her that when she decides to have people like him on and not challenge them, she's doing a lot more damage. And I think she realizes because she's actually like, this is my friend. Like, mm. I think she forgets sometimes. It's like you can be friends with Kevin Hart. And if you are actually like a good entertainment personality, you will know, like Oprah, <laughs> how to ask these challenging questions right. in order for the audience and the world to be impacted positively. Like to grow. Exactly. And like, exactly. And I think that that's what frustrates me in a lot of these conversations about celebrities being so scared about being torn down. I'm like, it's about vulnerability. If I, like, I know that I have said things in my past that I am embarrassed about. Mm -hmm. And if ever, like, they came up I would be like I apologize profusely and in fact if this apology is not good enough and there are enough people who think this is wrong maybe I should question my ability to be the famous person that I am right now and I think that's what frustrates me is it's like no one has the luxury of being famous no one really deserves that in my opinion like to, to be, be that, that rich famous. and to be that famous you need to be in exceptional people to be in the position that Ellen and Kevin Hart are in mm -hmm. that I accept I expect exceptional reactions to your horribly homophobic misdeeds in order for me to continue to think that you're doing something positive mm -hmm. for society yeah and I guess like well first I also wanted to say I was looking into this and I think like Vulture and Don Lemon from CNN is that who it is? Yeah, um, Don Lemon's response is very moving. And they were both like you actually did not apologize. Like I don't want I want to make this about Ellen cuz what our episode is about, but they were like we literally looked back into the research, the words I'm sorry never came out. And that's the thing is that Ellen Ellen says that he apologized for him. When you watch the interview she says mm -hmm. You know, we all know you've apologized. Right. And I'm like, no, you're glazing over the exact issue, which is that we all don't know he apologized. Right. If and he did apologize, he did, on his it press doesn't circuit, make it irrelevant now to just bring it back it up again. and, and yeah. just talk about why it's important to realize those mistakes and how your mistakes can help other people learn as well as yourself. Which is why I think Ellen has done so much for, as we even said, representation. Like, it's, yeah, she's it's, someone it's who, hard because you want to, like, lift someone up like that she has done an amazing thing for people like us in the entertainment industry who get to be like look there's queer representation it's monetizable which is like gross to have to think about but it's like we're allowed to be part of this world um but it doesn't mean that she it doesn't mean that she, gets, she can't like, free pass ha to have a free pass in 2019 when there's well, a lot more things happening around these specific instances that she she needs to be aware and i think it's funny that she has a comedy special called relatable it's like <laughs> no you're actually not relatable and i know she's recently been saying she's worried that she's out of touch and it's like it takes a lot of effort and work to be in touch you need to read a lot you need to be very open and vulnerable. And it's both of those things that neither of them had in this moment. They were too busy defending their character without having to think about the repercussions and the damage that could be done. He said violent things. Uh, he was talking about violence towards gay people, mm -hmm. right? Like, like a lot of people apologize gay for people that literally forever. deal with violence in their everyday life. Yeah. And it's just like, if I ever said that, I would be so excited to go on Ellen to look into the camera and be like, I am so sorry this is so embarrassing that this is the way that i felt before here are the reasons why i don't feel this way here's like the financial things i'm going to do here's all the things i'm going to beg for your forgiveness and if you can't give it to me i'm going to have to bite the bullet and understand like wow mm -hmm. that is the damage i could have done mm -hmm. and i just seeing him play the victim and seeing her like nod her head along like was 
I, frustrating. It made me feel so weird because I love her. Mm-hmm. I love her. I always have loved her. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, it's a hard thing to look at someone you respect so much and just be like, how is this? Ha-? It felt surreal. Like yeah. they were like CGI or something. You're like, <laughs> You're like why is this? But it's weird. I was looking on the comments on a lot of those videos and that's what I think like the conversation gets taken into this direction where it's like, oh, no one can say anything anymore. Yeah, and he haters. apologized and it's just haters. But it, I think everyone needs to stop and realize like, I think that's an illusion. Like, of course, there are some people who take it too far, but the people who are actually wanting to address this are doing it out of meaningfulness because it matters to them and it makes a difference. And we should be listening to the people who are like hurting the most. Like, Kevin Hart is not hurting the most from this. Ellen is not hurting the most from this. And so, as people in positions of power who have money and aren't hurt, you should use that to look at the people who are going like this really sucks and you did something shitty and it would mean a lot for us to, for you to apologize mm-hmm. and for our queer idol to like push that apology and or just to understand like th- this is so much more layered is what this is actually yeah it's a it's a very not not a nuanced conversation it's very interesting but it is nuanced in some ways and sorry I think, no their conversation oh, on right. Alan was it's, not nuanced exactly, yeah, <laughs> it was I like, think, but the issue's nuanced and yeah, it's very easy for people to be like oh this is just social justice warrior bullshit everyone's like so PC whatever he can't say anything it's like it's really not about that and stop hijacking yeah. that to pull away from the fact that there are legitimate criticisms of this whole circumstance yeah and that's it, honestly. Like, I do think that it was, to me, very interesting. It was very interesting. So what do you I think love... of Ellen now? Like, when, I know that's just one moment in her very long history Well, I mean, being... we are very different people. I am full skeptical. We'll not be buying her bed sheets. Um, <laughs> but I won't either. I, I, I really hope that she can... I really am scared that she's going to think of this, like even this podcast, if she listened to think that we're like haters. Like I think there's a, my worry is that she's going to become like radicalized in that way to think like all the backlash towards her is all this like same hate. When really what I hope is that she would listen and understand and start to again, look in the mirror at her power, at her success and at her voice and think, wow, okay, how am I going to use this better? That's the challenge for us us and people like us is to now go like give her the opportunity yeah, yeah. to grow from it and not yeah. just like shit okay on I'll her. buy her pillowcases <laughs> not <laughs> one, her full one set piece at a time. but you know what I mean because I think that's sometimes the fear from people who make mistakes is like yeah. even if I yeah. fix this I'm st- I can never recover from this because people are just shitty no it's, and vul- so, it's vulnerability but it's it is both it goes both ways and I think so yeah. for people like us being like you need to show and grow from this if she does, we have to then accept that and not just always look for fault in her or Kevin Hart. You know what I mean? If they redid this interview tomorrow, listening to the and repercussions, like, Here, let's talk about the and real. And she was like, too. "Wow, yeah, like this maybe was a little bit like out of touch." I would, f- I would feel so excited. Mm-hmm. That would make me feel so. I'd be like, "2019 is the year. Like, <laughs> we're gonna like grow." But uh, yeah, I'm hoping that that happens. And of course, mm-hmm. I'm like willing to give her like the space to do that. I am. Like I mm-hmm. I, I still love her. It Me was just too. it was disappointment. It was yeah. like literally like literal disappointment and I am curious because sometimes I worry uh, literally I'm like when I watch the Golden Globes I'm like wait a second all these celebrities are like literally crazy. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they are. it's, it's rare that you see them go up so much Yeah, money. like Rami Malek when he was accepting his speech I'm like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like at least start by oh and like that's a whole other thing but like all Yesterday, all the straight actors getting all their accolades for playing gay people. I'm mm-hmm. like, start your speech by being aware. Like, even mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He didn't even say anything. Like, yeah. ugh, I don't There's know. There's still a ways to go. Yeah. And 
uh, ways for us to understand how we can, I guess, better communicate it or figure out if yeah. it is just like plowing the same point over and over and just being like, just stop and think about it. Just because we're criticizing you doesn't mean we're attacking you. Well, we need to talk about like our own instances of this. Like, remember when we had we had sexist imagery in our periodic table song yeah, that we admitted we were like oh my god this is so embarrassing we let we are men in a sexist culture we thought this was okay at the time we mm-hmm. took down that video with millions of views we re-uploaded it like yeah. that was a huge mistake i think that instance talking about that more and more we should do yeah like that's even true. on like i don't know like go because whenever, yeah, or anywhere be like, where you go like i actually am so sorry i thought this was funny at the time because i'm literally sexist because everyone is mm-hmm. because of the world we live in like i drew that picture because without thinking twice because that's what I was taught. Right. And I'm actually literally like, I don't know why people send me, and I, and I sometimes don't know if I'm overreacting when I say like, I am homophobic, but I think that that is maybe helpful for people to hear because I don't, well, I think what's happening think in society, so some people think that's over the top. But I think what's happening in society is like, there's a new age of thinking. That's like, we get it. Like, most people aren't homophobic to the point they want you to die because you're gay. Now when we say yeah, homophobic, it's, it's way more nuanced. Now yeah. when we say racism, we're not saying people who are like, you have to go to the back of the bus. It's like, no. It's like we're talking about systemic homophobia and systemic racism and systemic sexism. Stuff that's in us that influences the way we react to everything in our lives yeah. as opposed to actively being like, I hate women and yeah. I want them to suffer. It's like, yeah. no. Because that does still exist at the same time. It so people does. call that out yeah. and they confuse and then they're it. Like, yeah. What do you mean everyone's homophobic it's like well we've been taught that like gay men acting feminine is gross and bad and even if you don't believe that yeah it's still part of a world you grow up in where that is permeating society and it it is less and less but like that's our new problem how do we now get past that and so I don't know. <laughs> oh, he's choking up. No. Um, yeah. Okay. That's anyway, true. Ellen, we'll leave it at that. We're going to uh, be talking about this for the rest of time. Yeah. I think uh, I'm. Ellen's not canceled to me. I don't want to say. Right? I mean, she's, like some people say, cancel culture. Oh, you know I, I mean? was like, yeah, no, she's no, not rating through the roof. Canceled. She's not canceled. I'm willing to give her a chance to like redeem herself. And she has done so many amazing things for queer, queer people in the world. And, and has, underwear, so, underwear sales. She's done great sales, things for underwear. Really she's promoting. done great things for dancing. Hygiene. Honestly, I love dancing. I think she's made it more normal. She's normalized um, dancing. But yeah, I still feel conflicted. And I guess that's where we'll end this episode. And know what life is about? It's about conflict. It's conflict. about tension. Um, it's about walking through that door. Hashtag full circle walking oh, through the door that you're scared that, to walk through. That. Oh my Especially God, it truly when you're on acid. Maybe and an apology is walking through the door you're afraid of. And Alan needs to do acid. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you for watching. Let us know what you think about. Listening, my friend. What? You said thank you for oh, watching. Well, We're not on YouTube, babe. Get your oh, medium straight. Well, they might. These go up on YouTube and hashtag we might try and start filming these soon. Do you guys want that? Hashtag sign up podcast. Do you want to see Do you want to see my dewy Just face? Just see like the side of our faces talking in a darkly lit room. face. Um, le- honestly, tweet us. Let us know what you think about the Ellen situation, the Kevin Hart situation. Are we overreacting? Do you think we have good, solid points? And how can we like keep this conversation going in a way that's so use, constructive? So uh, use the hashtag Side Note Podcast. We are obsessed with reading that and seeing where you guys are at with this pod. Uh, you can talk to us directly at, at Mitchell Moffat at Whale Watch Me PLZ. And we're excited for next week when we hash into a new controversial subject and get the science throughout. Yes, uh, we're excited for 20. We're excited, we're excited for, for 2020, 20. to be honest, because 2019 has not been so great. Yeah, 2020 is already a bust, but we'll, we'll uh, in, endure it with you. Talk to you next time.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.